Welcome to the Yogi MD Podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. What does being the most annoying flight attendant have to do with your health? How does knowing what you want and who you are make a productive life more effortless? And why am I obsessed with my genie joggers? My guest today is designer and founder of Bimo Designs. She's a yoga instructor, mom of three boys. She's Becky Makarski, and she is here to answer these questions and more. I love it. That's wonderful. Done. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait to get into those subjects, those enticing questions. Yeah. And really, I can't think of anyone who has more style who can be a guest on this particular episode to talk about working productively. Yeah. You, you yeah. make it look really effortless and you've got so many things you're juggling. You're as I said, a mom, a yogi, and a designer. How on earth do you do it all, Becky? I like to be busy. And more than anything than that, I like to be useful. So I feel like sometimes for the longest time, it was like, you you do too much. You We don't have to be busy all the time. Like, I get that. And um, trust me, when I when I take a break, I, t- I take a break. Like, <laughs> when I, usually my break is if I decide to, like, pick up a new book and read it. I will, that's my break is I will just like read it cover to cover. And I don't want to say ignore the other things going on, but that's kind of my, my, you can call it self-care, you can call it whatever. But um, what I'm learning is that I can find a way to do kind of just enough of all the different things that I do to be useful, to feel useful, and also to be present. Cause I feel like what happens is when I get really overwhelmed with one area, um, like I just launched a new piece and it, it always fires me up. Cause I'm always like, I want everybody to know about it. I want everybody to see it. I want everybody to wear it. I get very fired up about it, but then I always have to kind of reel it back in and be like, okay, but you don't need to make 15 of those pieces. Cause you only have two orders. Right now, you only need to make two. And you were talking about your jean jogger pants. I love those pants. And that's a perfect example where I have learned that I don't need to make 10 of them. I need to make two for the two people that ordered them and then just have the rest of them kind of ready to make as needed. Um, And yoga has helped me a ton with that because fashion is very fast forward. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I mean... Good goodness gracious, Michael Kors. Like, I don't know how you're doing it. Like, I don't know how you're designing for like two seasons ahead mm. when I don't even know what I want to wear, you know, tomorrow. I mean, let's be serious this afternoon, <laughs> much less, <laughs> like much less, you know, six months from now. So uh, there was a moment that I had a couple years ago where I thought, why am I telling everyone in my yoga class to remember that it's not where you're going, it's where you are. And then I step off my mat and I go into my studio and I go into complete panic mode that I haven't designed anything for the next season. 
it was kind of ridiculous and silly and it should have dawned on me a lot earlier. But a couple of years ago, I basically just came to a place where I'm like, nope, I'm going to design clothing that you can wear all year long. A lot of it that you can wear to and from yoga. And I'm going to apply those principles to that. And then also to motherhood and, you know, wifedom, like, why do I have to do 10 orders when I only have two? Why do I have to do 10 really awesome things with my kids in one day? You don't like one. And it could be like, so, I mean, I think we, especially as a mom, we put a lot of pressure on what we think a memorable experience is going to be. And Mm. I like put that in quotes, because I don't know if you find that, but I feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for making these memories when really it's just those little simple things that they remember and they want to do again and again and again. And you think, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. There's so much you said that I want to start to unpack a little bit here. Okay. One of the themes underlying what you said I heard was about letting go of perfection and being a perfectionist because you can't do what you just said pause and go does it have to be the perfect experience does it have to go perfectly well or do i have to be a separate perfect person in all of these different arenas when i'm in the yoga class then when i go to design and when i'm being a mom how have you dealt with the idea of perfectionism um, well, f- a while ago, uh, not, not well. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually, probably about five years ago, I started to have panic attacks and like in target was kind of the, the one that sticks out in my head the most. Mm. And a lot of it had to do with horm- hormones. My, you know, I had a very imbalanced hormonal system going on. I had just finished nursing my youngest child. And so my body was trying to kind of readjust, but I was also trying to go back to teaching and continue running a business at the time. And they just clashed a ton on that. So for a while, I was really um, not doing a great job of ignoring the signs that it was, it was too much. You're trying to do too much. You're trying to do too much. And so now I kind of just get to a place where I think, how can I simplify this? You're making it too hard. I'm notorious for making things too hard. I've done it my whole life. I don't know why. I don't know why I do it. But like, I just, I choose the hard thing. Like I, I'm that person where there's like, a ropes course. And there's this amazing one that's low to the ground that I could skip across, but nope, no, I have to look up into the trees and be like, I'm going to do that one. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it is, but learning and accepting that that's okay, that I want to pick the hard thing, but then simplify it. If I want to make a design that is tricky and lots of pattern pieces. Okay, fine, let's do it. But where else can I can I simplify it? Where else can I? The pants are a perfect example that you have. They started off with these 10 little strips of fabric that took me forever to sew together. And I thought, why do we need 10 when you can get the same effect and beauty with five? Mm. 
I, so, I love this. Yeah, it came back to just simplify it. It doesn't mean you have to quit. It doesn't mean you have to feel like you're not doing your best. Because for a while, that was a big thing with me is if I don't reinvent the wheel with every new design, if I don't do a brand new class with a brand new flow every time, people aren't going to like it. And that's that's just not true. It's just not true. People want to see what you're doing. Um, I think we talked about this before where do you want 100 people who could care less what you're doing or do you want 10 or 15 who wait for it and look for it and watch for it and i want the 15 i, I love this I, I your words are just resonating with me deeply right now simplify is something that i have learned from my favorite mentors whether they be people from my teaching past past teachers, teachers of yoga, teachers of medicine, but those people always seemed to be able to remain calm and to be at their best when they simplified. And they were very yes. conscious about setting that intention. Yeah. The other thing that I heard when you were talking that resonated with me deeply as a fellow mom, you asked me earlier, was I able to connect with this idea that you had mentioned about having things be perfect for your kids. Right. And, and creating these big experiences. And like, they had to be a certain yeah. thing. And I just, what came to mind when you said that, and why I asked you about perfection, is also the idea of overcoming or overcompensating. Mm -hmm. Because I felt when my kids were young, I felt this tremendous guilt Yes. because I was a very busy working mom right? and I really wanted to be involved in my kids' lives and be the best mom I could too. Both parts of me were extremely valuable, and but I felt like I was not doing either one any justice. Right. When I was at work, I was feeling torn because I wasn't being, I wasn't able to take cookies in or cupcakes or do right. the field trips right but then oh, be Mariano's exactly. that's it's why they awful. have Mariano's <laughs> <laughs> I wish if only I had known <laughs> but I really felt like too you know when I was with the kids I felt guilty because oh I should be reading or I should be doing something else mm -hmm. getting better and so I found that creating experiences for my kids when I was with them they had to be perfect because I was overcompensating for not right. being for the, the guilt mom of I not wanted being to be. There. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And what it boils down to is whatever hat I have on, that's the hat I'm wearing right this moment. Um, and they blend. Obviously, the lines blur all the time. You know, I'm here with the kids. I run my business from home. Right now, I even teach from home. So everything is at home. And mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult to separate myself and step back from things because it is all at my house. I mean, how do you not go to work when you live in your work? Like mm -hmm. you don't, there's not a way to do it. So for me, I just try to think of, um, okay, when I'm in my studio, I'm in my studio on my design and I'm designing, but I've got this like office overhead lamp. That's, I mean, think of like a horror movie where it's like <laughs> swinging and shadows and everything. And the second I shut that light off, I'm like, okay, hang that hat up. Now I'm going to go over here and do this thing. And when you were talking about 
overcompensating for your kids trying to be almost extra present when, mm-hmm. when you think about is not, it's not a thing. Like either you're there or you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so one of my kids' favorite games that they love to play is um, I drew a bunch of pictures of things around our house on note cards and they go on these scavenger hunts and I just like go around the house and place the next one that takes them to the next place. Oh my gosh, Nadine, we've been playing that game for 10 years. Like they just, they love it. And that's all I've done is drawn pictures. And now they're old enough that I, I have them draw some pictures and I throw those into the mix. Like a game of, you know, look and find. And truth be told, I actually created the game because then it would occupy them just long enough for me to answer emails. <laughs> so multitask, it can be done. <laughs> I like that as well. Let's, let's dive a little bit more into not needing extremely firm boundaries and being a master at allowing yourself to blur the lines a little bit because the other thing you mentioned earlier that I really liked is is what you've learned from yoga and that in that you are yourself and you Mm -hmm. take what you learn from your yoga practice because you are enhancing your entire life with it off of the mat. It's not just I'm going to be nice to myself here on the mat for an hour in class. And then when I leave, I get to beat myself up and forget that I'm a yogi. Like that carries into the other areas of your life. And I'm hearing you say that yoga carries into multiple areas. Your mothering carries into multiple areas. Your designer self. These are not separate, succinct pieces of yourself that completely need separation at at all times. So how did you find that softness to allow the blur to happen? I, the, a lot of it was the acceptance of, um, when you were talking about learning so much from your teachers, I went to, I used to work at a health club and we had a staff meeting and we had to turn to our neighbor and we had to say what our, what our slash is, you know, I'm a, this slash, this slash, this. And I started to bring that with me a lot more places. And I think for me, a big part of it is, when did we stop? I used to separate my business and yoga quite a bit, you know, on social media. And in my head, they were two different things. And I guess for me, it was kind of, when did we stop allowing ourselves to, to add the and in? When, when are we not allowed to be a mom and a this and a lover of traveler? And like, we are all those things and yoga especially um, really works at least kind of the way that I learned and the way that I try to teach. It really works for you to recognize that what I'm doing right now is enough and it's who I am and it's a part of me. And if I have trouble sitting still, then okay, I have trouble sitting still. And if I want to work on that now, I can. If I want to work on it later, I can you know, it doesn't mean we're not doing what we need to do. It means that you're allowing yourself to be all the ands at once and then deciding which one is most important in that moment and then picking that one to do and to be and to focus on. You know Uh, what I mean? Yes. Discernment. Yes. Discernment and context. Right. Right. That's what I'm hearing you say. I'm hearing you say, I am all of these things, but 
in this moment, who do I need to be? What's most important in being able to draw upon that for, for what's needed versus making it all about pressure? Right, right. And also recognizing that I, I say I get a big old F miserable. Like there are some days where I had a friend be like, what do, what do you have to say about motherhood? She like, she had just had her third child. And I was like, oh friend, I said, there, there will be days where everyone will be crying and you will be the one that started it. Like mm. there will be, there just, mm. <laughs> there will be, and there needs to be this moment of, yep, that's happening. Messed that up. Not a hundred percent today, but, but all right, there's a whole, you get to try again tomorrow. You know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. you get to, it's not that it's not that I wasn't really present. And I, cause there are days where I have to tell the kids, I really need you to focus and do your work today because I have a lot of work today. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I'm like, like you said, does that mean, Oh, today I'm, I'm not a mom and a yoga teacher. I'm just a designer. No, that's not what that means. That literally means I'm still all those things but I need to focus on what I'm doing right now so I can hang that hat up and do the other things in, in the realm. And again, simplify. Do I need to stay in my studio and work on orders that haven't come in? No, I don't, you know, and I'm in a place where I've got a couple stores that carry my items, um, but on consignment. So it's not like they've placed an order. They're kind of Hey, when you get them to me, you get them to me. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) sounds good to me. That was my next question. How do you manage to work productively with calm, with grace and, and standing firmly in who you are and juggling all of your demands when it comes to meeting deadlines, when the pressure is on, how do you practice? So I am a, um, I'm a list maker. I make lists for my lists. I, I mean, I, I looked to the side because I, I have lists for my business. I have lists for my new job position. I, and I will admit that sometimes I make them and I don't necessarily look at them, but basically what it boils down to is when I get an order for my business, that takes priority and that kind of moves to the top of the list. And then everything else underneath that is, is long-term goals. Um, I work really well with short-term goals that will take me to the long-term. So I found out that I can't make end it like by the end of the month, I need to finish this. Nothing was getting done. Nothing at all was getting done. So I make um, almost daily lists where I kind of break it all down for productivity into if I want to get this order done by Friday, what needs to happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with a float day in there to finish what I didn't work on. So for productivity for me, and and I kind of apply that a lot of times, even to the way that I um, teach the way that I and instruct a class and trying to be present with because that's the other thing too, is, you know, when you're teaching, you could have somebody show up and say, I know you were planning shoulder stuff, but my hip is just killing me. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing has to 
mm-hmm. has to morph into that. Yes. And that applies to my design business too. If, if an order comes in in the middle of the week and I'm just casually working on other things, that list needs to reprioritize what needs to happen to get that order out. And then I can go back to the things that are longer term. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that kind of puts it in perspective on what I need to be doing. And it also allows me to put it down at the end of the day, because I don't put 42 things on a daily to-do list. I used to, <laughs> Ooh, I used to, now it's like four or five. And if I get those four or five done, there's a little, there's a little pat on the back at the end of that. I'm, I'm opening a book. I'm reading a book. I'm playing scavenger hunt. You know what I mean? Like there's attainable, I guess, is the word. Like what I used to do unattainable to-do lists and that did not serve me at all. So now attainable, is there a, um, in yoga, I tend to work towards kind of peak poses or have a focus of open hips, open heart with a one word intention. And that works best for me is again, simplify. It just comes back to that always for me, always, always. I like that you are applying what you learn also in different parts of your life and carrying them into those other roles. So you learn about simplicity, simplifying and knowing that you have to pivot in your yoga class and then you're able to take that over to your design. And I'm sure right. you take it over to mothering too. So oh yeah, for fantastic. sure. Yeah. 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 It goes all across the board. And it's funny too, because you have two daughters. So, you know, I have, I have moments all the time where I think, what are they gleaning from what I'm doing? And mm. believe it or not, I'm, I'm a yeller. Like I, <laughs> I I tend to tell people lately that I'm I'm like a firework. I go off big and bright and then give me a second and I'll come back to the ground and I will discover what we need to do. I'll fizzle out, I'll figure it out. But I I I go big and then I I tend to bring it back down, which is funny because my husband um this is my 10th year teaching yoga. So 10 years ago, when I started my yoga train, or I wanted to start training to teach yoga, I had only done like five prenatal classes. And then I was like, I think I want to teach this. And I I mean, in my life, Nadine, not like, (laughs) oh, I did it for a while and then stopped. No, I did like five prenatal classes. And I was like, I think I want to teach yoga. (laughs) My husband's like, well, he's like, uh, okay. I just, are they that good? Like I thought you, like I thought you were just going for a stretch because your like hips were hurting. I'm so confused. What has happened in this yoga class that you're like life changing? Done. I'm gonna teach it. You know. And then he finally said to me, he was like, he said, I know that you're okay. I think that you're serious about teaching yoga. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you say stuff all the time. I mean, I'm constantly like, we should do this or I should do this or you know, back to that long to do list. I say things all the time. And he's like, you have told me three different times in the past week that you really think that you should teach yoga. And I didn't remember that. I didn't remember that I had repeated it that many times. But just when something gets kind of stuck in your head, it's in there. And, you know, fast forward 10 years where I'm teaching, but I don't have that story where, which is okay. I don't have that story where, you know, it saved saved my life or, mm. you know, I found it when I most needed it. No, I'm my first yoga class. I was super confused. I mean, 
she was like, tell your body this. And I'm like, no, I usually just ignore my body. (laughs) I usually just ignore it. My hips hurt for years. So I'm just going to keep ignoring it. But I think that's what drew me to it Mm. is asking, like ask yourself what you want and what you need and don't expect it to answer every time. Ask yourself, what, what do I need to do? And then don't have the answer for a day. I double dog dare you to do it. And this is why we're friends, Becky, because we are on the exact same wavelength here, because I wanted to segue into, I'm just listening in awe to how you're talking about handling everything. And then I go, okay, what about when Becky takes all of those hats off? How do you, how were you your most annoying flight attendant? Oh, so annoying. So annoying. I say it all the time. um, Because you asked me, what's my definition of health? And for me, um, it is being the most attentive. If you were on a flight that is your life and your body, how many times can you check in on yourself within like five minutes? And I mean, like, do you need, I just picture myself sitting on a plane. I'm very visual. And somebody coming up to me like, do you need a blanket? And then two seconds later, do you need a drink? Do you need water? Do you need some wine? Do you want me to tip your seat back? Like to an annoying point, take it so far that it becomes habit where you can recognize. I can recognize now when I'm getting anxious and I need a snack and I need to take a break. Um, I can recognize it now way more than I used to because you check in so many times with yourself that it becomes automatic where you just kind of recognize, hey, I've stepped away from being a present mom because all I keep thinking about is this order I haven't shift, shipped. So, okay, fine. Go print the label for that, tape it up, walk it to the mailbox with your kids, and then go back to you know the Monopoly game you were playing. It just, there's no reason for us to not be able to do that if we just keep checking in. Okay, my brain keeps going over there. Maybe I need to write it down. Maybe I need to do that little mm. task. Maybe Mm -hmm. I need to do this because once you do it, um, I don't know if you find this, but like once I write it down, even just writing it down, oh yeah, don't forget to do that. There's a little part of it that leaves you. It doesn't stay on your shoulder Mm -hmm. anymore. It kind of, you know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, I've, I've sent that email. I can't do anything about it until they respond. So, okay, back to, back to this other thing I was doing. So you never really hang all your hats up. Sometimes you wear them all, you know, stacked on top of each other, but just notice which ones are on your head and the heaviest, and then maybe try to like take that one off kind of thing. So yeah, but yeah. Thank you. Check in. I I really like that. I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. Okay. To to remove all of the hats. (laughs) I want you to surprise and delight me with something that is... And an indulgent, just for Becky, I'm not thinking about anybody else, treat and delight in an activity. Uh, I still do this occasionally. Sit at the piano and sing. I've got like 10 songs. They're so random. They're the most random songs ever. People probably don't even know some of them. They're from, you know, musicals 
that never made it to Broadway, those kinds of things. Um, I absolutely adore singing. And it's probably the only thing I miss about performing is singing, but I don't even want to say that I miss it. I just, I will do that for me and me alone in my living room. Maybe my husband and kids are here. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's a middle of the day thing that I do, but playing the piano and singing for me is something that is very personal and I just love to do it. I just feel so much better after I do it that it's like a reset. It's like a reset button for me. So that's one of the things that I will, I will sit and do (laughs) and just love. Thank you. You're welcome. You've delighted and surprised me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I have started to bring singing into the end of some of my classes just because it's such a joyful thing to hear. I'm one of those people that like we saw, um, who did we see before the pandemic? Audra McDonald at Ravinia. She stepped onto the stage and I burst into tears. My husband was like, she hasn't even opened her mouth. And I'm like, but she's gonna, and it's gonna be amazing. Like in my head, I was like, it's coming. And it like gives me the chills even now to think of to, I will never have that level of awe as far as singing goes, but gosh, to have it is just, I know you're a big music lover too. I mean, it's, it's a thing. It's a, if you love the music, it is, it's a feeling. It's a whole vibe. It's a whole vibe. (laughs) As we're winding down, we've got a couple of questions left. How might I surprise and delight you? What is a question that you have for me? I have, oddly enough, I have a different, a different question than I thought about asking you because I think you answered the other one earlier. You like you like to bake and cook or no? Does your cook. husband do? I'm not yeah. a baker. I'm, you're not I'm a, a baker. Cook. You're a cooker. Were you a cooker when you were in the medical field or is that a new discovery at now? And what is it if you could walk right into your kitchen and have all the ingredients to make what? What would it be? Ooh, I feel like people questions. people have a meal, don't they? I love food. I'm a foodie. You want to talk about things I do for myself? I walk and get sushi, and I just sit by myself in the park <laughs> like a like a crazy person and eat it. <laughs> I love to eat too. Clearly, right? Yeah, I, I, love yeah, to I just I love it. <laughs> but what is it? What's the meal? Okay, why? so before the meal, I have to say I have I'm an old soul. And I remember as a little girl, I always wanted to learn to cook. My family's Haitian, as you know, and my grandmother loved to cook. That was her love language. Cooking? Okay. Yes. And so I remember wanting to learn from her. Right. I just wanted, I, and I knew that deep down that I was a nurturer. So to me, that just all fit together. Like what's better than telling someone you really care about them and what's a more intimate connected experience mm-hmm. than inviting someone into your home and feeding them something feeding. you made with your oh, hands. Oh, I agree so much. So I, I've always loved to cook, always, always right. wanted to. And my go-to meal, well, I'm not a vegetarian. Okay. And so one of my favorite things to do is to roast a chicken. 
and so all day long i just love it and i just love doing different things with it learning new ways to roast the chicken experimenting i don't measure anything that's why i love to cook so i just kind of love to experiment with what's on hand oh i like that challenge yeah and i also love to minimize waste so i use the bones to make stock and then i will sometimes even take that stock right away and make soup for the next day oh my gosh i love it it just keeps going it's that feeling of like yeah you're making all the things i love it absolutely and then roasting veggies and making like a nice um pot of rice on the side those are my favorite they're comfort foods they remind me of my grandmother and they they nurture people and I like the simplicity thing we talked about earlier because it's not a complicated meal yet I can take a simple idea and right. try new things with it. Yes. So your family's not picky then. Well, my husband is. Oh yeah. yes, my husband is yes. my, my husband, husband is. is picky. But yeah. <laughs> I can I can try things within he likes chicken. So Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Yes, yes. My husband is very, very picky, although he claims he's not picky. He's like, I just like certain things. I'm like, that I can't, that's picky. That's what that is. And he's like, well, I said, I will eat just about anything put in front of me. And, you know, my kids are still fairly young, so they're still fairly picky, you know, by, but I'm, I'm just not, I mean, I love food and the smell of it yeah I'm a big I'm a big foodie I think we need to when this is all done I feel like we need to we need to experience restaurant week somewhere together like we, we need do. to go to a we'd restaurant we'd have a blast we oh my gosh so much fun I can't wait. I can't yeah wait. so can we hear your complete right now in the moment personal definition of what it means to be healthy Gotcha. So I think I answer, I answered it a little bit before Mm -hmm. of the check-in, be your own personal attendant, flight, body attendant. How are you feeling? How are you doing? How are you? But I think the other part of it, um, because for me, it's, I've always been a very active person. So I guess what I've realized since the last time we talked is my definition of health centers a lot around mental health because I've always considered myself a physically healthy person, not always a mentally healthy person, Mm. not making choices that will keep me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess for, no, I know that my definition of health revolves a little more around mental health and that is be okay with your and. I have a lot of energy and I like to be busy and I like to play the piano and sing, but you don't have to be all the ands at one time, but you, you know, in one sitting, but you can be the ands all at once. You know what I mean? So I think accept the ands and just kind of recognize where, where you feel the strongest to, to be one of them today. <laughs> And then, and then go with that. Um, Cause I feel like there's a lot of kind of self deprecation on, Oh, I interrupt people a lot. I get excited and it's something I'm working on. Does it make me the worst person to talk to in the world? Hopefully not, but 
it's something that I just, I do and I get excited and, 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 and. <laughs> so that's okay. If you want to work on it, work on it. But, um, but maybe, maybe do less worrying that you have so many ands and more celebrating it. Yeah. Becky, it's been an absolute pleasure. You honor Thank me. You. I, I always learn something new when we oh, interact and you, you and you make me want to be a better person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You as well. I always, I love, I love chatting with you and I can't wait for restaurant week now. Cause that's going to happen. It's out there. Once I say it, it's, I, you know, me, I will reach, I will reach out and it will happen. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't wait. I can't awesome. Wait. Thank you. Thank you. So thank wonderful you. to chat with you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> no problem. And now it's time for the Mindful Minute. Find a comfortable and quiet place to sit. Lengthen your spine. Relax the muscles in your face, shoulders, hands, and feet. And begin to notice your breathing. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to fix anything. You are okay in this moment. Be here now. Return to the present moment. Notice your surroundings. Notice how you feel. Thanks for being here. Dear wise women, thank you for growing our community. Keep using your wisdom and emotional intelligence to share this episode with someone in your social circle who will benefit from hearing it. Your grandma and your mom need yoga. Maybe you need yoga too. I teach yoga to wise women. I believe in empowering and educating wise women to thrive on their terms at every stage of life. Let's hear what a wise woman has to say. I'm a worrier. It's a little much, I think. And yoga always calmed me down. You know, it gave me a, a positive focus. It's, everything's gonna be okay. Uh, it's just really been like a centerpiece in my life and I didn't have that until virtual yoga. To learn more, connect with me at yogimd.net. And finally, podcast theme music is by my niece, Maya Bishop, on vocals, my daughter, Lizzie Kelly, on guitar and bass, yours truly, on percussion, and produced by Tim Buell. Thanks for being here. See you next time.